Live from Sarah's apartment (laughs) in Brooklyn. It's all very exciting. I've never been here before. It's true, but you just like, you wandered in and then you just found a seat. Yeah. It was like you had lived here yeah, for sure. years. It's fine. I'm comfortable in people's houses. I like that. I like it when people are comfortable in my house, largely because my house is sort of, I like to say homey. <laughs> <laughs> I realized the other day and I, and it's like, I don't even really care. I'm a terrible housekeeper. I mean, it's not like hideous or whatever. Like you wouldn't like run out. Right. But I just am like, oh, God, there's so many other things I'd rather be doing. You know, I agree. It feels like life is too short to have white carpet. (laughs) Kate Claiborne. (laughs) My mom has white carpet, and it stresses me out a lot. Yeah, I don't like that at all. No. I like to not worry. Also, our cats barf everywhere. I mean, you guys, I'm sorry. We have a dog, so it's the same. All right. What are we doing? This is, um, so we, you guys love us and that's really nice. It is nice. We're doing, we're always a little surprised when we ask (laughs) you to do something and then you all do it. (laughs) Um, but two days ago we decided Jen was going to be here, um, in New York and she was going to come over and later, um, I have made lunch. I mean, I've made like a luncheon for her and her family. Um, so we said, well, why don't, why doesn't Jen come early and we'll do a request, an all request episode. We're actually, we ended up with so many questions uh, that we're actually going to do two. Well, and so Kelly agreed to sort of like collect all of the questions for us. And then because Kelly likes to put glitter on everything, she actually made a slide deck, which everyone's question is individually queued up with their names and their Twitter handles or Instagram handles. And it's bonkers is what it is. I'd be like, here is our Google spreadsheet. No, whatever. I would have been like, DM us. (laughs) And I would have been like, that's a terrible idea. Actually, I'll tell you a quick story, which is when I was getting married, Kelly was was like my basically my wedding coordinator. You know what I mean? Only I didn't pay her. She's just my best friend. And my father-in-law took to calling her the general. (laughs) And he still calls her that. He's like, how's the general? I'm like, she's great because she'll just make everything better. Yep. And beautiful. I love it. And get people where they need to go. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Are we ready, Sarah? So welcome, everybody. It's faded, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Jen Prokop. I'm here with Sarah. Sarah McLean. Oh, Sarah McLean. We're we're recording together for the first time, so we apologize in advance for weird sound things. Yeah. Um, and if this is your first episode of Faded Mates, uh, welcome. It's gonna go different than sure. the rest of. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing. Some of the questions are like kind of stump. We had a lot of fun with the Wicked Wallflowers having people like stump us. So some of them are just gonna be like people asking for recommendations. We haven't seen them before. But then also, we also said you can do, like, AMA-style questions. So we are just going to... Yeah, we have something like 80 questions, so obviously we're not going to get through everything, but we will save this document and come back to them maybe a few times. Maybe we could add one to every interstitial or something. Yeah, oh, there you go. That would be fun. Okay. Um, All right, so NS from New York City um, says, I'd like a book that is like Lothair by Cressley Cole or Cole the Cold Heart by Kay Webster, where the hero is someone who would be a villain in any other book. A megalomaniac, horribly damaged, murderous, whatever, and a heroine who takes none of his shit and brings him to his knees. Well, Ennis... Coming summer 2020. <laughs> I will have a book for you. 
Um, so yeah, pre-order Daring and the Duke, everybody. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, let's see. What else, though? You know what's we great did, about... Well, we did our anti-hero episode. Right. So we've talked a little bit about this. I think what's great about this question is that it really does... Um, it's, like, really the heart of romance to believe that any villainous person can be redeemed. Um, I... That's a really good question. Let me think about it. Um, God, I feel like... Well, I mean, I think a lot of... To me, a lot of, like, dark romance kind of flirts with this, right? But it's always, like, how close can you get before you think that the person is really not redeemable, yeah, right? Yeah, well, so here's the here's a series that might work for you. Um, what about Sky Warren's um, yeah, The seen- King, The Queen, The Pawn? The pawn. It's all chess names. Um, and there, it's... It's real morality chain. Like, you're looking for true morality chain, I right. think. Right. Romance. Um, here, I'm going to... The problem with... <laughs> no. We both have our computers open because we haven't seen these questions before. And we don't remember titles. we don't titles. remember any titles of anything. So, the, the first one... Oh, it's not. Actually, she has a lot of chess piece stories, but this is just a duet. It's called the Masterpiece Duet. You do need to read both books for the full um, HEA. The first um, book is The King, and then the second book is The Queen, obviously. Um, And it is real dark. Um, but people love Sky. I love Sky. I think Sky writes a really beautiful book. Um, they can be too dark for me. Mm. Um, and this, The King was very dark. And I, uh, I was very grateful that I could go immediately from The King yeah, to The Queen. Yeah, to like not, right, yeah. Um, just a content warning for this one, there is a, there is a rape in it. Okay. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the other really hard part about this one is the heroine who takes none of his bullshit, right? Like, that's the part. It's easy to write yeah. a terrible hero. I think it's hard to write a heroine who takes none of his bullshit. So I guess, you know, I think what's also going to happen is um, we're going to record and I'm going to keep thinking in like seven questions from now, like something's going to yeah. pop up into my brain. But we're going to try and really like commit to lightning rounding these and keep going. Yeah, this so, is a long one. Yeah. Sorry. First, first one. Yeah, no, but that's great. I mean, so and I think also we can like the other thing we're really hoping is that as people hear these questions, when they have ideas, we can just get a big Twitter thread going. So we might even put these into show mm-hmm. notes as like questions. Yeah, it's takes. You're right. Takes none of the none of his shit is the problem because I can think of a lot of books where like the hero is villainous, right? But the heroine is like soft, yes, and kind, right? And kind of breaks him in that way, right? But like breaks him by putting him in his place, yeah, is a different kind of heroine, yeah. I mean. I don't want to just toot my own horn, but that's just I've got one. I've got one coming, you guys. Yeah. Ennis, Daring and the Duke, Grace is not going to be soft and kind. Yeah. Okay, so here's one from Leslie from Washington, D.C., one looking for Jewish heroes and heroines, but does not have to be holiday-themed. So I'm going to recommend always, I feel like Shira Glassman is the person I go to for this recommendation. Mm-hmm. She has two books I really love. Um... 
Knit One Girl 2 is a lesbian romance. It is um, like closed door. Very great. One of the um, heroines is a painter, I think, and one it makes like hand dyed yarn. And the yarn maker is inspired by like a color palette and the paint and the painters uh, portraits and they get together and like, oh, my God, it's so cute. They like dye yarn together. And then they are also both big fangirls of a comic book called Cinnamon Blade. And then Shira actually went and wrote a, like a sort of story within a story where Cinnamon Blade is like then a heroine in her own uh, lesbian romance and she falls in love with like the woman that she keeps saving and that one's real spicy and I also talked about that one on the heaving bosoms and uh, that they are both just uh, like really perfectly delightful. Um, so I'm going to add Tamsin Parker's Craving Flight to this one. Okay. Um, Craving Flight is a BDSM erotic romance um, about set in the Orthodox Jewish community. Wow. Which... Um, you can imagine adds like a whole layer of like, how is this ever going to happen? Erotic BDSM. Um, and the heroine is a professor and the hero is a butcher and they have like a marriage of convenience that is also about like this kink that they share. share. And Tamsin Jen has talked about Tamsin before. We yeah. talked about Tamsin before. She writes a bananas hot book. Yeah. Um, and that is own voices. Um, and, and talk about Felicia his, Grossman. Sure. Because the other book. That and I this wanna... is, it's nice to have historical in here too. And I actually am going to admit, I haven't read this book only because my friend Liz is always looking for Jewish heroes and heroines. And as soon as I got this book at RWA, I actually was like, Liz, I want you to read this. And she loved it. But um, you could talk a little bit more about it, I think, because you read it. Yeah. Felicia Grossman, uh, she has a two book series. I think there are only two books out right now. Right now I don't yeah. know if it's going to be a longer series, but it's called The Truits. And um, the book I'm going to recommend is book number two, which is Dalliances and Devotion. The heroine is a twice d- double double divorcee. It's set mm. in, eight, in the 1870s in America. Um, and the hero is, um, so she is like a newspaper columnist um, or writes a column, a beauty column for a magazine or something. Um, and then she, he is a, she has to, it's a, like a little bit of a road trip romance too. He's a Pinkerton um, and uh, he is protecting her on this this journey so it's like road trippy Mm, and they've known each other for um like a long like it's a sort of long lost like lost love regained book and um it's delicious and they both the hero and the heroine in that book i believe are jewish for sure the hero is so well and we'll link to felicia talks a lot about Oh, writing yeah. own voices Jewish historicals and she has a lot of really like thoughtful threads especially recently because I had this like oh, yeah. real weird thing that happened to me this week uh, where somebody sent me a list of the top uh, mm. his, the top romances of 2019 and the number one romance was The Tattooist of Auschwitz which no. is wrong on like yeah. infinite levels Felicia had some great threads about it which we'll link to in show notes and we should also shout out Stacy Agdern who writes really thoughtful really thoughtful like lists about Jewish romance on Twitter about Jewish romance writes Jew- Jewish romance herself yep. and so we actually have a couple she lists has, that we can link to as well Tracy uh Tracy Stacy has two 
uh, novellas in the rogue anthologies, both with Jewish characters. Um, and also I want to shout her out because when I was, when we were putting together the trailblazers video for the Rita's, um, Stacy really pinch hit on making sure that we had Jewish rep in that video. That's great. Awesome. Okay. Here is, um, Daniela from Winnipeg, Canada. We're hey, gonna, Daniela. <laughs> we're going to start with her Wait, AMA first. Is oh. Daniela a Cressley Cole name? It is. Oh, is she, is that her name? Daniela? Danny? From yeah, I think so. Murdoch right. and from Danny. Murdoch and Danny. Well, she has Ice, Ice Valkyrie. Yeah, Dan, um, Danielle from Winnipeg, who's also an Ice Valkyrie, clearly from Winnipeg. <laughs> and she has an AMA question and then a recommendation. We're going to start with her AMA question, which is if there was a battle royale between all the IAD heroes, who would win? Does the answer change if they can't use weapons? Wait, before we answer this, have you ever read that really hilarious blog entry that someone wrote about what would happen if all the presidents were in a knife fight together? No, but I want to read that right now. <laughs> it is the funniest. Who would win? <laughs> I can't tell you. You'll have to wait and read okay. it. I think everybody, I think maybe people decided Lincoln. Reach. I don't, he's, he's very tall. He's very tall. Yeah. In a knife fight, that would really help you. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm going to find it, but this is what this reminds me of. Okay. Who would win Who in a fight? Who would win a battle royale of all the IED heroes? Only because Nyx is my answer. I think Nyx would win because she would know. Um, it feels, okay, with weapons, it feels like Rune would win because he's got all those death arrows. Sure, that's true. So with like, weapons, sure. But if, so the answer does change yes. without weapons because I I love him very much, but I don't <laughs> think he would win without weapons. I feel like one of those like gay would just be like tearing people up. Yeah, like Bowen would just if you put Mariketta in trouble. Oh yeah, like Bowen. the question. There's also Who's third in question: danger? Is someone in danger? Sure. Because if the heroines are in danger, then oh, then they all kill each other, <laughs> and then the heroines are like, "Great, let's go out for Brewskis." <laughs> Um, um, I, yeah, you're right. Like, I, my money's on a like a. Although it could be, I feel like Declan Chase, and I'm going to say why. Here's why: he's got the berserker rage, and yeah. we right, yeah, and yeah. we also know that he is just real shitty. Who? I mean, yeah. I think right, he's got it in him. Lothair would just be like, I'm too busy for this, unless Elizaveta was in trouble. Oh fuck! And then sure. he would destroy everything. Yes. Um. The yeah, you know who would not win. Theronos. Oh, God. No. Thanos. Yeah, I was like, Theronos. Wait, no. not Theronos. I know. I was like, let's actually easier be like, who'd go down first? Theronos, Theronos is dead for meat. Sure. sure. Probably Abyssian, too, because he's just so whiny. Yeah. I mean, I love him. Sure, of course. No, he's Conrad would destroy someone if Naomi was in trouble. Sure. Yeah, I feel like the, the Roth brothers as a team would team up and then, yeah. Be fine. Yeah, that's my theory, too. That's a great question. Okay, so Kristen from DC has looking for LGBT exclamation yeah, point. DC exclamation point. LGBTQ romance easily available in print for my book club. We do it through a local indie bookshop, and we are having a hard time finding things other than Cat Sebastian and Olivia Waite from Ugh. Avon. I know it's true, man. Uh, Adriana, uh, Adriana Herrera, Herrera. <laughs> is your answer. I think uh, the, one of them. Yeah, one of the American Dreamer series, and because they're Karina. They are available in print. They're, you know, I think I, because I, I bought them. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they're under 10 bucks. They're widely available. It's not like Lightning Source, which if you don't know means it's like essentially print on demand. And yeah. some indie bookstores won't carry those. So I would say it's sad that there's not a whole lot. 
right? I do really no, think. No, anything that you're going to find is going to be Karina, is going to be traditionally published, right? So there's red, white, and royal blue, which everybody, it feels like everybody's red. Yeah. Um, there is, what about other Karina titles? Like does, or, or like, I know Mika James does some Harlequin dares but i bet those are only an e that are that's a lesbian romance that's pretty great yeah um but yeah i don't know um annabeth albert oh yeah we like her those are great though yeah that uh she's got one called gamers and then there's like the one about the military guys mm-hmm. and then there's uh oh no i guess those aren't those are really expensive the riptide books are pretty expensive. But they probably um, are in print. But they yeah. are in print. Um, I'm thinking about Vanessa North. I'm thinking about uh, KJ Charles. But I don't actually know if KJ is still with... I don't know if any of these people are still publishing with Riptide, though. Yeah. That's a good one. I would say... Uh, KJ is for sure available yeah. in print. Yeah. Well, um, and that you can never really go wrong there. No, she's just But yeah, it's hard. If there are 15 or 20 bucks, I get it. But I would say look for what's in Karina and for sure yeah. Adriana. Oh, and Anna Zabo. 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 Oh, you're right. Shit. I still don't remember how to say their name. Zabo. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I asked. Yeah. Um, which, I oh, mean, yeah. my gosh. <gasps> one of the first books we ever recommended on the podcast. Yes. So her syncopation. Series is for sure available in print. <laughs> I was going to say syncopation trep trepidation reverb it's not trepidation that doesn't sound like a very good romance let's not let's not write that one and a zabo oh really funny okay um, okay all right so um courtney from the bodice tipplers which is another romance podcast hi courtney wants a book that made us fall in love with the genre well courtney listen to this whole season every book <laughs> I'm, I'm so simple that way um i would say but it's a rick a really good question that really made us fall in love fall in love with the genre hmm. i mine we're probably going to talk about it, but it's nobody's baby but mine. Susan Elizabeth Phillips. I think she's, I think Susan, I think I was young enough that Susan, like I, I had stars in my eyes for athletes. I love how funny Susan is. Yeah. And there was just something so deeply charming about that book. And I think it taught me like, oh, I'm going to love like, yeah. this is a genre that I can, like, you know, roll around in. Yeah. I think I'm going to answer this question, like, what's a book that, like, I've read lately that may, has made me feel that yeah. way? And it's The Bride Test by Helen Wong. Oh, what a good one. I, like, I did, like, you know when you're reading and you're like, I have that smile on my face? Yeah. That book made me feel that way. And I literally both laughed and cried when reading that oh. book, which to me is like the highest praise. So, yeah. you know, for sure, old Susan Elizabeth Phillips and Julie Garwood and Jude Devereaux, like I read all those books, but like books now that if someone was like, what should I read? Right. Yeah, I, I, I feel like The Bride Test is a book I would press into pretty much anyone's hands mm-hmm. and really feel like I was going to give them like the best of the genre. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's what I would say for me now. That's a really good choice. Oh, I love that. I mean, I feel that way about, well, I feel that way about a lot of people. Yeah. Keep right. listening, everyone. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Okay. Um, 
Allie from New York City, originally now Western Pennsylvania. Um, we're going to act. This is actually really cute. We're going to do this AMA first. Which okay. is, how is Eric so good at podcast editing? Oh, I don't know either. It's magic. He yells at me a lot to get closer to the mic. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, oh, we're coming in hot. We need to check. We need to be. Okay. <laughs> He's, he's constantly yelling at us is actually how he's, yeah. that's part of it. It's a little confusing. Like, I'm too hot. I'm not close enough. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. He's, I mean, he's great. He he went to music school. Well, there you go. So he thinks a lot about levels. Yeah. And also he is a musician. So he thinks a lot about recordings. There you go. So that's probably part of it. Sure. And also he edits things for a living. Yeah. So that's good, too. Um. His name is Eric Mortensen, by the way. <laughs> if you have a podcast, he edits podcasts for a living. So, um, the, uh, oh yeah, you go. Okay. I have an answer. Yeah, I do too. You go first with the answer, but she'd also like a book that has, is a historical with witches and or magic. Is your answer Jill Barnett's Bewitching? It is not. So you go. Oh my God, you guys. It's old school and I haven't read it in a long time. So, you know take that with a all it needs um but jill barnett um who is a very wonderful historical romance writer who i read you know right at the very start of my my romance life um wrote a book called bewitching and the hero is this like grumpy crusty grump of <laughs> and it um and the heroine um is a witch like and it's it's actually reads like totally like a historical, but basically like they get married and he's like he he is at the very beginning he is like bewitched by her in this yeah. in the like not witchy sense like he just is beguiled mm-hmm. by her and he has like stars in his eyes and he wants to marry this like perfect she's like a perfect old school heroine who like you know birds are sit on her shoulders and stuff <laughs> and he's like she's amazing and I love her and I want to marry her and then he finds out she's a witch and he thinks she has bewitched witched him into loving her and the whole book is this sort of like um marriage story of like him realizing that like no he just fucking loves her what's wrong with you right okay mine is pretty old school too i feel like this is not something people really dabble in very much but if you remember there was a whole um there's like two book series by Teresa Medeiros. Is that how you say her name? Medeiros. Oh, I think. sure. You know, and it was called, the one I really liked was called Touch of Enchantment. The first one was called Breath of Magic. And in this one, um, Tabitha Lennox, I mean, her name's Tabitha, and I believe she starts off with like a little black cat. Sure. Of course. <laughs> right? Um, she is uh, a witch, but she kind of views it as like a, a curse. And she ends up essentially accidentally doing some time traveling to seven centuries in the past where she falls in love with like some, you know, warrior in chainmail. And I remember reading this book, oh my God, for sure, like in the early 90s when it came out. And it's just really pretty charming. For the most part, I think it's aged pretty well. I've read it fairly recently in the past couple years. Um, but the part about it is I feel like the there was a whole era of like time travel romances 
And mm-hmm. one of the things that was really funny about this one is she found a way to like com- come back to like go back and forth. Sure. And I remember her like basically yelling at her parents, like, you know, send Advil and tampons. And I just thought, <laughs> yes, like, what are we all doing time traveling back to a time when we didn't have like Advil those, those basics, right? So, yeah, that's like a pretty, and, and again, the whole question of like whether or not her magic makes her like evil to these sort of people from the past is like a big part of yeah. the plot and is pretty clever. So, yeah, that's fun. Okay. Um, Hannah from Texas would like a book that has a Lucy Liu and set it up type heroine getting her actual H-E-A. I need ball busting energy, falling in love with a guy or gal or whoever that deserves her. What about Nisha Sharma? Mm, yeah, sure. I could see that. Um <laughs> What's the name of that book? The one, um, the the latest one. The oh my god. Okay, wait, hold on. There's I'm only the cover. Yeah, the bla- it's got this killer black cover. The heroine looks. Oh, she's in a black gorgeous. leather jacket. It's oh the takeover effect. The takeover effect. I was like, I can do this. She, the hero, is a is a billionaire, and there's a hostile takeover for his father's company, and he's got. You know, it's three hot brothers. And um, she comes in as, um, like, a corporate... She's a corporate lawyer. Yeah, right. And she's essentially going to... I mean, like, really, it's, like, a lot of corporate espionage. And she's, like, essentially been tasked by her family to, like, get to the bottom of this. And then she ends up uncovering a whole bunch of, like, shenanigans in terms of, like, what's going on between these companies. Um, Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, And there's, like, a bat... There's a... She's trying really hard to, like... Well, she's not trying. She's very good at her job, but um, she has to, she's try. she has to be above board and like, she has to be a badass to get the attention that she needs and the respect that she needs in the boardroom. And yeah, I loved it. Okay. I, I'm not sure this will work or not. Also, but, Ooh, another yeah. one for that one is Tracy, Tracy Livesey. I guess it's not quite the same because she gets amnesia. Oh, that we're going to talk about yeah, that in never the mind. amnesia episodes. Wait, one of there's a okay. I don't know if you've ever read L. Kennedy, but uh, the Menage. Oh God, all those books use like out of uniform series. But there's one in particular, and of course, you know, I have to look it up. They all have like the they all have the word hot in the title. But there's one in particular, hold on, let me see, um, where um, actually that whole series, I think, has really kick-ass heroines and all of the heroes are Navy SEALs and they all just like (laughs) fuck like rabbits. It's actually insane. (laughs) They're all Um, from Maynage County, Kansas, though. They're all from Maynage County, Kansas. Um, There's one in particular where, oh, I think it's this one. Seth and Miranda. Oh, where she's like an, okay, it's getting hotter, I think, out of uniform book four. And the heroine is actually an ex, um, she used to be a dancer, like in Las Vegas, like a, mm-hmm. like a showgirl. Girl. Yeah. And she really has this goal to open up her own dance studio. She's a single mom and she's basically, um, Seth is, like, really into her, but really scared by the fact that she has a kid. And she's like, I'm not here for your bullshit. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought, like, of the heroines in general in this series, I think, really are well-matched to the heroes. So that whole series might work for you. 
Okay. Um, Jessica from, or no, sorry, Jenica, sorry, from North Carolina. I would like a book that has childhood friends to enemies to lovers, preferably contemporary. Woo. Hmm. Childhood friends. Um, this feels like. I got, I feel like a million books are bubbling up, but it'll take me a minute to get there. Well, it's too bad that you asked for contemporary because I would have said coming in summer of 2020. <laughs> well, in a rogue by any other name, right? Oh, a rogue by any, by any other name. Yes. Uh, but those are both historical. So don't do anything with those. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like uh, I want to recommend this Reese Ryan book called His Until Midnight. <gasps> She's so good. She's so good. Now, I'm not sure there's an enemy stop in the middle, right? But I feel like there's a bit of rivalry. So, basically, it's got a charity auction, and what's supposed to happen is um, Tessa is the heroine, and she is supposed to be essentially, I think, like, I forget why. she. It's a bachelor auction, but her brother's supposed to get on stage or something and won't. I can't remember. Right. And so she's like, well, I'm just going to auction myself off. And all of a sudden, her best friend is like, wait, what? <laughs> and he ends up bidding on her. And, you know, I love the fucking auction. Please, please, charity auction to romance is the trope I'm looking for in life. So that one might work. Although, like I said, I didn't really get... That there was like enemies in the middle, but I definitely think that they, um, it might work. I think there's like a business, a business thing that they're on different sides of perhaps. So my book is a little bit weird, but you know, I love a weird book, right? I'm going to wreck, um, P Punk 57 by Penelope Douglas, mm -hmm. um, which is new adult, um, and came out, I don't know, in like 2012 or I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, a while ago. Um, but the premise is, um, these two people, or I guess it came out in 2016. Um, the, the hero and heroine were pen pals uh, from different schools in their town from like fourth grade. And instead of just doing like the pen pal, um, assignment from the very start they did it they just kept on doing it and you mm -hmm. sort of have to suspend a little bit of disbelief because they sort of make this deal that they're never gonna try and figure out who they are mm. so they go to separate schools in the same town and then when they're 17 they meet and uh they figure out or it's they're so they sort of accidentally meet and the heroine is in with a group of like pretty pretty terrible bullies like, mm -hmm. she's, like, a 17-year-old girl who's, like, friends with all the mean girls. Mm -hmm. And he sees her for the—when he meets her for the first time, he doesn't know this is her—this is his his pen pal. Um, and he sees her with her group of mean girlfriends, and he's like, this person is a disgusting person, mm -hmm. like, a disgusting human, human being. And he tells her off, and then she um, knows who he is, so she stops writing to him. Oh, and then it comes back around later. Um, and it's, I really loved it. Like, it, it's weird and it's complicated. It makes you, you have complicated feelings about the heroine. Like, she's deeply unlikable yeah. in ways because she's 17 and makes bad choices. Sure. And you're, you know, 40 and would 
kind of, you hate that. (laughs) Um, But then like she figures her shit out and then they fall for each other. And I really, it's, it's very different. And that is the first book that came to mind aside from historical. So I also feel like Christina Lauren probably must have. Surely. Like, right? Like, I feel like this is a very Christina Lauren type of plot to me. Yeah. Because she does, there's a lot of enemies to lovers in that. And so that's almost always yeah. like a, right? Okay. Uh-huh. All righty. Um, Holly from Chapel Hill would like a book that has mutual pining. Friends Aww. to lovers, enemies to lovers, doesn't matter. Just give me every last drop of Aww, pining. I love that too. Tell them, like, let, let, I think pining. historical. Um, oh, yeah. One of my very favorite hit, top five historical novels of all time is Lorraine Heath's Waking Up with the Duke. Mm. Um, and the premise is that the heroine is married to the hero's cousin. Um, the hero has loved her forever. <laughs> I mean, forever. So it begins with his pining. Um, and she's married to the cousin and the hero and the cousin got into a carriage accident and the cousin is unable to produce, like he is paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. So he cannot, um, have a child. Right. So the cousin, it begins with the cousin saying to the hero, I need you to fuck my wife and get me an heir. And he's, like, wildly in love with her. Mm. Um, and the wife in question, the heroine, is like, um, what now? <laughs> like, this sounds not great. So they agree that they're going to, like, spend, I think, a month together or mm. something, like, to, like, sure. make sure that she gets pregnant. And she, too, begins to pine. And it's awful and heart-wrenching because how could this possibly work out? Because she is married to his cousin. Yeah. And it's in classic Lorraine Heath fashion. It's just, she will cut your heart out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that sounds really good. I am going to recommend a book called On Broken Wings by um, Chanel Clayton. This is before she's uh, the the kind of, she's really famous now for writing The Last Year in Havana. But in this one, um, uh, a woman named Danny, her husband is killed. He's in the military and the husband's best friend, whose name is Easy, Alex Easy Rogers, um, has been pining after his best friend's wife for since before he died. And so that like makes him feel guilty. And so he's like, just like, I'm going to help her or do whatever. But oh, my God, the pining in this book is actually it's unparalleled pining, <sighs> I would say. It's a whole lot of pining. He just, oh, God, he's so in love with her. I don't know if it's mutual pining, but I think she starts to feel for him. But then again, the guilt over it was my husband's best friend. And can I move on? I mean, mm-hmm. that to me is like the perfect pining setup. So there you go. Oh, I love a husband's best friend story. Oh, well, this. Whew. Because there's so much guilt laid in there. The pining only works if there's like heavy layers of guilt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Okay, and actually, there's a great AMA question also from Holly. What would your ideal book-centered vacation be? A very warm beach (laughs) and a lot of romance novels. But I suppose you mean, like, on theme for a book. (laughs) 
or even now just like going somewhere with like a lot of cool book stuff I would say maybe like we I've always wanted to stay in the library hotel here in Manhattan oh yeah you should do that but I've never done it because it's expensive but each room has a different Oh, you could talk about Nora Roberts. Dewey Decimal Hotel. Systems. Oh, yeah. I If you head out, if you're ever interested in going out to the Maryland-West Virginia border, because there's so much out there, um, you can stay in Boonesboro, Maryland, which is the hometown of Nora Roberts and the setting for Nora's Boonesboro trilogy. Yeah. Um, and you can stay in the inn at Boonesboro, which is the inn from the books. And you can stay in all the rooms in the inn are uh, decorated in on theme for famous couples throughout history. Really cool. So I've been in the Jane and Rochester room and the Oberon and Titania room. Nice. And Lisa Kleypas was just was in the Wesley and Buttercup Room. Okay, that's really cute. And there's an even Rourke room for the JD Robb fans in the house. Super fun. It's really fun. Um, I also will just like to say I like to read locally. So like if I'm somewhere, I would like to I like to read books set in that place. Yes. Which I just always think is really fun. So agreed. Okay. Um Kara um from Instagram. K-A-R-M-B-A on Twitter and Instagram would like a book that has some sort of adventure or quest, but it is also a slow burn. Well, I mean, this feels like it's Alona Andrews. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. You go because. Well, I mean, Alona Andrews. Yeah, this is like a perfect recommendation. I mean, well, it's slow burn. The Hidden Legacy trilogy is three books and they don't even get together until the end of book two. That's fucking nonsense. (laughs) But they are (laughs) on a quest and an adventure. So, yeah, I would say, like, urban fantasy would really work for this. I also feel like a lot of historicals where they're, like, on a wagon train or some shit like that, a train. Sure. You know what I mean? Joanna Shoup, I think I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they are boning pretty fast. Yeah, I guess. Not a slow burn. I don't. Slow burns really aren't my specialty. (laughs) Like, I I like like a a fast incendiary burn. I like a slow burn, but adventure quest plus slow burn is a tough one for me but urban fantasy feels like it's right yeah right for sure um okay i'm gonna think i'm gonna keep thinking about that one i feel like there's something in the back of my brain maybe it'll come back oh you know what else Uh, those um oh shoot what was the name of that fantasy series uh that i really liked it's it's like the only one oh wait (laughs) Um, actually not uh, wait while you think of that i am gonna tell you a fantasy series by ruby dixon and i just read it it's not a series it's a single book by ruby dixon called um in love with the battle god i think something like that it's not part of the ice planet barbarians but it is perfect for this if you can if you can do fantasy and basically the um, heroine ends up essentially it's a long story magic um, bound to the battle god he's like a Thor like character and they actually have to go on this huge quest and adventure um, he's she's essentially his anchor to the mortal realm and at first he's like a battle god he's so dismissive of her and it's actually a really cool fantasy setup and I like super slow burn like the slowest of burns I had to like read ahead a little bit maybe and make sure they were going to do it <laughs> they did um okay the um my the book i was going to recommend what is a promise of fire which is the first of amanda boucher's kingmaker chronicles which is three books long yeah um but it 
it's a very slow burn and the hero it's it's set in a fantasy world um the hero the um the heroine can oh can tell when people are lying. Mm, that's such um, a good skill. and so and the hero, but the hero is like super duper honest, but like has to do some like lying in order to protect. Mm. And she, I'm now I'm going to say this, and then I'm hoping that I'm correct that this is what this is the premise. But I think when she hears a lie, she is in pain. Ooh, and so he, like by virtue of having to lie to her is also like giving her like she he realizes quite quickly that like he is causing her pain you know what another one that would count for this and for mutual pining would be aurora blazing by jesse mihalik which is again a science fiction kind of romance or an adventure but in aurora blazing not only are these two mfers pining for each other i mean so much pining he's like the head of security she's like a space princess but she had been married before um but they also go on an adventure and it's a pretty slow burn so i would say aurora blazing could count for both this and the pining so yay okay ooh, chase from germany is looking for hey chase is looking for male male with a happy ending and the trope enemies to lovers oh i have one for this um, Avon Gale wrote a book called, uh, Avon Gale writes, she writes hockey romances and her, uh, it's Avon Gale and Piper Vaughn and the book is called Goalie Interference <laughs> and it's a classic, uh, sports trope, which is, um, like hot shot goalie for the NHL team gets called like to the coach's office and he thinks he's going to be named like starting goalie for the season. And they're like, please meet your new rookie teammate who is also really good at goalieing. <laughs> you could tell you guys, I don't know a whole lot about sports ball, Fine. but um, he's very good at goalieing and you guys are going to compete for like, start to be the starting goalie on the team and they are super duper hot i love a hockey romance actually like i think hockey players are pretty good they're they're worth watching (laughs) and basically they like are constantly at each other's throats and also like at each other in the in the rink yeah (laughs) You, you guys, I'm terrible at talking about other sports somewhere else too. Woo. Um, so it's basically like perfect enemies to lovers because the conflict is so, um, like, if one of them gets to be starting goalie, the other one doesn't. And so, like, there really is no resolution that is seems plausible. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of recommendations. I have um, Annika Martin wrote with Joanna Chambers a book called Enemies Like You. Which, I mean, hello, it's right there in the title. And I think one's a bodyguard and one's a spy. And I think, like, essentially the bodyguard is, like, is trying to protect the person the spy is trying to kill. So there you go. And then um, Layla Rain has a whole series called, uh, I think it's Agents Irish and Whiskey. And um, I think the one that, like, and so I think some of them, they're, um, they're essentially, like, they're two, I think it's the same agents going throughout, but they're partners. But I think that they're also 
you know, like sort of right, like not enemies really, but more like rivals, right? Like terms of like the FBI. Um, but those are also, I think they end up like banding together and mm. working together towards that one. So I feel like if you want this trope, sometimes it appears when one of them is in law enforcement or something like that, because um, that often or like hockey, sports. right? Like sports. I mean, so it's sort of like built in already to like the world of the book. So I would recommend Layla Rain, and I definitely, I think Annika Martin writes terrific books, and so um, that would probably be a real winner for you as well. Okay, um, Caitlin from Wisconsin would like a book with a plus-size heroine, an emphasis on fashion, and... I have one. Wait. Oh, and... Vampires would be nice, but not required. <laughs> We love this question. That had a plot twist, It Caitlin. did. It did. It did. Okay, you go ahead and start. Well, I had one. No, I think vampires would be nice. Maybe we can do... Emphasis on... Well, okay. Yeah. I have plus-size heroin emphasis on fashion. Go for it. Um, Bella Andre had a book, oh, I mean, like right. a million years ago, like long before Bella Andre was writing the Sullivan series, right. called Take Me. Oh, so good. Um, and it is so sexy talk about pining oh yeah um the premise is the heroine has been friends with twin brothers since they were children Mm -hmm. um and she is best friends with one of the brothers and like enemies child we're like hitting here you guys see here we go and also enemies with um the other one of the brothers um they just like she's convinced he can't stand her right she's convinced she doesn't really know why like he's never been kind to her since they were children Mm -hmm. like when they were children they were friends and then suddenly something Something happened and some she doesn't know what it is and now she's best friends with one of the twins and like but of course because it's a romance novel she's super into him Like, and she cannot get him out of her mind. Like, she's obsessed with him. She is plus-sized. She is a, um, she is a interior decorator, but her best friend is a fashion designer. And so she gets hired through a confluence of romance Romance events. events. Um, the the hero, the, um, you know, the asshole brother needs an interior decorator for something. And he ends up flying her to Tuscany to shop for like stuff for the inside of this house. Who cares? And um, she packs her, like, frumpy clothes bag and then gets to Tuscany. And it turns out that her uh, best friend, fashion designer, has filled the bag with, like, all the clothes that fit her and make her look, like, bananas hot. And then they just bone all over Italy. Yep. And, like, she is my favorite kind of plus-size heroine because she is extremely uncomfortable with, like, her body. Like, she feels like... She like she has been she has been taught by the world that she is not attractive and he is six foot five and perfect in every way and wants her badly and turns out has wanted her badly for for years. Exactly. It's called Take Me and it's great. Yeah, I will say vampires, vampires, though. though. I'm not sure I have one for that, but I'm going to think about it because I feel like it's going to come to me. But we'll see. Um 
Another one that might work for you, though, is The King of Bourbon Street by Thea de La That's Salle. a great one. And she is, um, the heroine's name is, I think, Ariana. And she is, like, a society sweetheart. And, you know, they're just, like, fabulous. I don't know that it's fashion necessarily, but, like, I remember it just being very fashionable, right? Like, they're in this New Orleans hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, you know, she's got a lot of money. So she... Um, you know, wears like sort of gorgeous clothes and there's like, you know, beignets and, you know, like I just think like I remember mm-hmm. really feeling like the like the world of the book was really like New Orleans kind of set. Like, I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. So, um, yeah, just like parties and people and gorgeousness. And it's a, also a, just a really spe- I love this book a lot. No vampires. Sorry. Um, I can do plus size with vampires, but no fashion. That's probably no fashion. Give me that one. Um, there is a Lindsay Sands book. One of the Lindsay Sands Arginot series is a plus size heroine. I need to think about it and find out which Um, one. There's also a Sherilyn Kenyon. There's a very famous Sherilyn Kenyon plus size heroine. Um, hang on. Here I'm typing. Yeah. It's okay. Um, the early, it's like the first or second Dark Hunter series book um, I'm looking right now. Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the internet did not serve up what I wanted it to. Well, again, I think we'll, um, everyone's going to have to check show notes on this because yeah. our brains will be working nonstop. But that one's not about, there's no fashion in that one. That's okay. Okay. All right, Sarah, this book was, like, literally custom-made for you. Oh, boy. It's from Jess. She would like a book that has an Alpha submissive. <gasps> Yay! Except I probably... Oh, well, I have one, but I'm saving it because it's for the pegging episode. <gasps> That's right. You're um, just going to have to be saved I mean, for the pegging episode. No, everybody. but I will... I'll recommend a couple of them. But, Jess, if we've already talked about it, then you probably know most of the ones that I'm going to recommend. But Scarlet Peckham's The Duke I Tempted, Audra North's Giving It Up, uh, Nicola Davidson's The Devil's Submission. Something the like Devil's that. We'll check the sub- title. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. I'm doing this without looking them up because I love them so much. Sure. Um, the... I gotta think. Um, we've talked about... Let's see. Uh... Well, those are three. The that Devil's can, Submission. The Devil's Submission. Uh, Nicola Davidson. That's a super hot one. She's got another one too. Uh, my lady's something or uh, my lady's Nicola, lover is not. No, it, it's, no, it's, it's yeah. not that one. But there are two uh, Nicola Davidsons um, uh, submissive, alpha submissive. Somebody called Wit an alpha submissive the other day, and I think that could be it. Could sure. work. Jen does not think alpha submissives exist. We're going to do that when pegging, when we do yeah, our pegging we're episode. Gonna, we're going to, but I actually found a really good um, alpha submissive book that I'm going to talk about on that episode. If you were a Kristen Ashley fan, but that's like real specific, you might try Deacon. But again, that, is that the one with the horse tails? No. Oh, there's a Kristen Ashley one where they're all ponied. Oh. Here's a great other AMA question from Jess, probably mostly for you, Sarah. Oh, boy. She wants to hear more about audiobook production. Do Mm -hmm. authors have any say? Do you get to check in if they're, like, 
jokes are landing correctly, lines are being delivered, or is that all happening? Not at my pay grade. Yeah. Um, I get to choose my narrator. Oh, cool. Okay. So, like, they'll send me a collection, like Harper Audio, who does all of my audiobooks, will send me four or five options. Cool. I think what they do is they go out to the, the like, their stable of narrators and they say, who's free to do this? Yeah. And then somebody, you know, they send me whoever's free. And then I listen to, like, you know, a couple minutes of books that they've done before. Although now my my narrator is Justine Eyre, who's amazing. Um, and then we uh, go from there. But no, I don't get consulted. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just a different Justine's thing. never asked me any questions about it. Because that's their professional job. Yeah. I mean, you would think sometimes pronunciation would be yeah. come up. But, I mean, sure. It's fine. I, I also don't listen to my own audiobook, so I actually have no idea. I'm not sure we're going to be able to answer this question, but I'm gonna we're gonna put some recs in show notes. So um, Leslie from San Francisco is looking for a heroine who is over fifty but was single, right? Like not widowed or divorced. And I feel like all the ones I'm thinking of are people that have been. However, I will tell you that um, I every time someone asks me on Twitter about there's a, a name for romances like this, it's seasoned romance. And on Twitter, I almost always refer people to um, Sandra Antolini. Is that yep. her name? And she not, I think she uh, hosts a Facebook group for seasoned romance authors, but also I think readers. And I think it's actually, there's been a lot of buzz about it lately where people are really asking for these types of um, questions. In the meantime, though, I will give you a recommendation that is not that the characters are single, but it is a Thanksgiving romance. So it's on brand. It's called Apples Are Red by Penny Reed. Um, or no, sorry, not by Penny. Not Reed. Penny Reed. Penny Watson. Apples Should Be Red is the title, and it's actually a pretty cute story. Um, uh, these two, like essentially the a couple, right, gets married, and their parents are going to come for Thanksgiving, and it turns out that they can't actually get there. And so their parents are like there together without them. Oh, and they're, and they're horrified. In love. Yeah, but like it's a 62 year old hero Cute. and a 50 year old, 59 year old heroine. Adorable. And they actually like he's real salty and she's just like put a lid on it. And it ends up being like essentially the next day when their kids get there, they're like essentially horrified to find their parents like in bed together. And it's real great. And it's a short story. You could literally read it in an afternoon. Yeah. I, my, unfortunately, I feel like we see these a lot as secondary romances in romances and never as the primary romance. My two recommendations are both queer romances, um, but... Again, I'm not sure. The well, there's a Courtney Milan. Milan, which is, that, is the. It's got a long title, so of course Miss we don't know it. Something or other. <laughs> right. Hang on, hang on. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. Well, the first one is called um, "Bound with Love" by Megan Mulry. Um, one of them is a divorcee, so there is that. Um, and so it's uh, two women. They uh, they have. They have the older one is a, a marchioness and um, has children mm. and the younger and she lives with her. It's Regency and she lives with her partner, her partner, um, who is a 
painter, a portrait painter. And it's sort of, it's a very sort of quiet, lovely yeah. um, regency. Um, and then Courtney has the... Um, it's got a long title. That's why, of course, we can't remember it. I feel like the word incomparable is in it. Yeah, it's a... Blah, 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 blah. Miss Martin's, Mrs. Martin's Incomparable Adventure, which is um, super duper feminist. Both the heroines are in their 70s, I want to say. One is. Or at least one is in her 70s. It's much older. Um, So, but we'll keep thinking about. um, Yeah, that one. Het romance featuring older heroines. I've got a great sexy one, um, but she's not. 50. She's over 40. I think she's like 43. Mm. Um, and it's a London Hale, like. Yeah, um, she's great. Uh, um, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> the heroine is uh, the, the heroine is the mayor of a small town. And she has been like, she's just, she is single. She is not, she has never been married. Mm-hmm. She's never really been in a serious relationship because she's always been very focused on her work. And she um, falls into calling a, like a phone sex line. <laughs> and the person who runs the phone sex line happens to be, because Romancelandia, um, a fireman, a young firefighter <laughs> in her town. And he figures out because he sees her on like cable access. Oh, that it's her voice. One day that it's her and he like has fired, he's fired, he's left all his other clients and now basically he's only on call for her whenever she wants to have phone sex. That's great. And it's real sexy and like her age is a big, like their their age difference because he's almost 20 years younger than her. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you the name in just a second, but keep going. Okay. Well, while Sarah looks up that name, this is actually a really funny AMA question we can answer without looking up anything. Talk Dirty (laughs) to Me is the name of that book. London Hale's Talk Dirty to Me. What's your go-to Starbucks or coffee order, Sarah? Um, I like a cold brew. I am a person who drinks iced coffee year round. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I drink hot coffee year round. It'll be the height of summer. They'll be like, do you want it hot? I'll be like, yes, I do. Nope. I want and it dead of winter. I want it cold. Interesting. Yep. I get usually it's real boring. I used to get like a vanilla latte. It's too sweet for me now. Now I just get a non-fat latte with one Splenda. Yeah, I find that too. That I just I'm as I'm getting old. It's too bad my kid's not here. He's got all these all these wacky Starbucks orders. We'll record him being like he'll be like I want the pink drink with coconut milk instead of water. Like wacky shit like that. I don't even just fuck with them. Yeah, totally. That's why they don't even blink though. No, yeah, they're just like, sure, great, the pink drink, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, uh, Carly from Atlanta is also looking for, there's only one bed, historical edition, bonus points if they don't have sex at that time, but they do later. <sighs> and I feel like I want to talk about what is Romance Landia's favorite Christmas book, which is A Lady Awakened? Is, no, no, that's not it. It's by Cecilia, uh, Cecilia, Cecilia Grant. Cecilia Grant. Lady yes. Awakened, yeah. Um, but I don't think that's the title of this one, but it is, um, hold on, let me look. It is called, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm like scrolling down here. Oh, A Christmas Gone Perfectly Wrong is the one I'm thinking about, which is Andrew is, oh God, he's like so uptight. <laughs> 
<laughs> they always are these these old time historical it. only one beds. Um, and instead, he ends up with Lucy Sharp, and they have to like they essentially go off and. She wants to go to this house party and essentially is going to like hitch a ride with him and they get stuck and there's only one bed and they have to pretend that they're married, of course. And, mm-hmm. you know, she um, he is like way too, way too wound tight for them to actually do it. No. <laughs> so that I do not think happens, but it's pretty great. I'm trying to think. There are so many. Yeah, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches, and, and it's hard to come up with. Then one. you become like frozen with. <sighs> I mean, I've written it a, a lot. Yeah. I feel like. Um, Can I tell you a funny story while yeah, you're thinking please, of it? Please. Okay, so a um, guy I used to work with and I had coffee because he reads a little romance, and so we'll get together and we'll like sort of chat. And he was like listening to a podcast, I think, where we talked about this, and he was like. He was like, I just never realized that, like, only one bed was, like, a thing until I heard you guys. And I was cracking up. I was like, yeah, that's, like, all that matters was only one bed. Joanna Lindsay, you belong. I mean, they've all, everybody, it feels like there's only one bed is in every road trip romance. Yeah. There's a Stephanie Lawrence romance. Oh. I mean, Stephanie does it. Like, I feel like Stephanie does only one bed in almost every book. Yeah. But there is a Stephanie Lawrence road trip romance where it's literally, like, I think she was playing, she was toying with herself and being like, how many times can there be only one bed (laughs) in this book? And it's road trip and literally at every inn. There's only there's only one bed. And I don't think they do it for a long time. Find Um, out what that book is, Sarah. Um, I, I just read a There's Only One Bed, and it delighted me, as it always does, but I'm pretty sure they did do it. I mean, I literally looked up Stephanie Lauren's Only One Bed, and there are 4,000 <laughs> return. Like, honest to God, there are so many. Um, I want to say his name is, like, Edward or something. Hmm. No, her name is Edwina. All right, we'll put it in show notes. I'm sorry. Okay, well, if you... If no, you, it's not that one. Never mind. I But it, there is a... I'll find the we'll Stephanie find Lawrence it. and we'll put it in show notes. Okay. Uh, we'll also put some others in show notes. Sure. Check show notes because there we definitely have. Oh, yeah, so many of All them. All right, let's do one more okay. and then that'll be the end of this episode. Oh, well, this is a good one. Shannon from Atlanta... Hi, Shannon. Says, I'd like a book that his ghosts. I need all the ghosts. I'm rereading um, Lynn Curlin's Stardust of Yesterday to see if I'm madly in love with Kendrick like 14-year-old me was. But I need more ghosts for spooky seasons and for always. Well, I just read the Halloween boo. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Uh, but I think Shan- I think I know who this is. I think this is Shannon Donahue. Is this Art. your Shannon? Um, so I think she's already read Halloween Boo. <laughs> um, I just heard about Hot Ghost by Annika Martin, who apparently is going to be our, right? Um, yeah, she's our popular author today. Yeah, right, for sure. Um, I think... So, yeah, I mean, I think Annika Martin I'm always pretty much down with. Um, um, you've probably read uh, Dark Needs at Night's Edge, which has a lady ghost. It's We think, Jen and I think that it's a fine introduction into IAD. You sure. don't have to have read anything else by Cressley Cole in the Immortals After Dark universe to read Dark Needs at Night's Edge. Um, that's a ghost book. But, again, I'm pretty sure, Shannon, that I know who you are and I know you've done this before. Uh-huh. 
Um, um, let's see. What else? Ghosts are hard. I feel yeah. like there aren't as many ghost romances as there should be, considering. Well, it does seem at odds with the HEA. Um, I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you know, that little problem. Uh. Mm. All right. Well, we'll keep thinking. But, uh. Yeah. We will keep thinking. Yeah, we got to think. I, I, that's a hard one. <laughs> I feel like we should do one more. We should do one more because that was like so not a good ending. Well, good. this one might be a good one. So um, Natalie from Tampa would like a sexy but serious bodyguard saves the heroine from her evil husband or sex serious, sex serious sexy bodyguard that is hired by the father to care for some wild heroine. That's a good one. And or sexy but consensual teacher-student relationships. Oh, I could do Why teachers. don't you do that one? I cannot, oh, but you can. I know. Jen doesn't like them. Well, that's because of my job. I know. Fine. But it's not like they're middle school teachers. It doesn't matter. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, my, I, I will admit I am a professor-student I sure fucking love this trope. I really do. And wait, what was, did it say not problematic? (laughs) Consensual. Consensual. Okay. So I have two. One is wilder than the other. Go for it. Um, The first one is Charlotte Stein's The Professor. Oh, so it's, okay, even I admit it's very good. (laughs) Um, So it's, uh, it is everything you want. She is, um, the, the premise, the setup is it's an English professor. It is her English professor and she is submitting a paper to him. She's required to submit a paper to him. And it turns out that she has submitted instead of her paper, a, an erotic fan fiction, uh, story that she is working on. And so, um, awkward beyond. Oh God. But instead of him just returning it and doing nothing, he gives her notes on it. And then it's basically like, see me after class. And then it just goes, it's bonkers. Yeah. In every perfect, it's like, it's the perfect Charlotte's. It has all the best parts of Charlotte Stein in it, in that he is severely repressed. And like, he he has a giant penis that he is like embarrassed of, um, which is a Charlotte, like for sure. Thumbprint. (laughs) Um, And he is like, he doesn't want to take his clothes off around her, but he like really wants her to have orgasms all the time. And it's, fucking great yeah well the other one and this is probably more on the problematic end of the professor student books is saffron kent's the unrequited um she is not this story they are not she is not his student he is a poetry professor it is college set she sees him like i want to say she sees him like on campus and like follows him to class and discovers that he is a poetry professor on in class um, on campus. And they have this like immensely intense romance where he's like basically like constantly saying to her, like, we can't be doing this. Like you're like, mm-hmm. and it turns out he's married. And I know, I know you guys, you're That's like, okay. what? But it's an HEA and it all works out 
fine. And the marriage is like a piece of this puzzle. I don't want to give away too much, but if you are looking for professor student stories, like this book is complicated and it's nuanced and, um, Saffron's heroines are always, um, women, young women who are struggling with, um, mental illness in some way, Mm. um, often depression and anxiety. Um, and in this particular case, that is true of this heroine, um, and this, but also these romances are very dark and there's always some like really traumatic past, um, in both characters stories. I think Saffron's incredibly talented. Um, and that's one of my favorite professor student, uh, books. Okay, um, the bodyguard hired by the father to protect the wild heroine. I feel like evil ex-husband is, like, again, in my brain. Um, But one that I think, well, I feel like there are two series, maybe, that you should check out that might have something for you. Um, Lexi Blake has an entire series called Masters and Mercenaries. Hmm. Isn't that I don't I've not I haven't read that. Tell me. I have read like off and on in this series, I think I'm going to say. Um, and it turns out that they are I mean, it's essentially like a bodyguard outfit. So there's like a lot of bodyguarding in mm-hmm. general. Um, and there's like quite a long series. And so like protecting people. I mean, I think it's like a big part of it. I think oh, there's a lot like a big BDSM angle in quite a bit of a few mm-hmm. of these, but not I didn't. The one I read, it was, like, totally fine. Um, so, I mean, maybe check that out. I also feel like Rebecca Zanetti might be, like, a person you could look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she writes lots of, like, sort of bodyguards or, like, these ex-military guys doing bodyguarding. And I feel like maybe she would be a person. So, I don't really have specific titles. Um, but I do have, like, some big, like, big I don't know, big, big names that maybe you could check out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should end there. Oh, wait, there's actually a really funny one we can answer from Nisha Sharma. Yes. Are bananas sexy, Sarah? <laughs> no, she was like, she would like books that are banana sexy. <laughs> and then why are we consistently spending all your money? Because you're dumb enough to write into us, Nisha. What's a book that you read last that was bananas For sexy? the record, <laughs> Nisha and I talked about Ice Planet Barbarians yesterday. So and sexy. she texted me this morning at like the ass crack of dawn saying these these barbarian books are bananas so bananas they are and bananas and sexy um bananas sexy there you go i feel like you just answered that i mean well there's ice planet barbarians for sure there's sierra simone is always good for a sexy book i've heard really good things about white whiskey bargain by jody slaughter everybody is talking about that one. Oh, i gotta read that so if you would like i mean like but we like London Hill. We like Brill Harper. Oh, Brill Harper we is like, really good. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say, oh, and I would say Tiffany Rice. <gasps> Tiffany Rice is good. And it's bananas. Yeah. And sexy. So that's what I would say. Um, Kylie Scott, not is bananas, but definitely uh, sexy. What about um, Grace Goodwin? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, Nisha. You gotta read those Grace Goodwin's books. They're so nonsense. I love them. Oh, they're super sexy, though. It's great. So, yeah, those are our answers. All right, thanks, everybody. We are going to see you next time on Faded Mates.
Hi, Faded Mates. This is Michelle Mars. Hi, guys. Um, and the book that blooded me was Kiss and Tell by Suzanne Carey. This was um, probably back in 1991, uh, I'm guessing. Really a long time ago. Um, and I was a teenager, and I was skulking around the basement and found books that I'm guessing my mother got as a gift. There were three books. They were all from Solo at Desire. And I started with that one, and I adored it. Um, it was a rich rancher, son of a rich rancher, I guess, and, um, and the uh, sorry, reporter who was going to tell a story about his uh, grandfather. And um, he was trying to protect the grandfather. She was trying to tell a story, but he didn't know that. It was very much um, falling in love, but there's these secrets and the things come out. And I was just hooked with all of the um, wonderful characters that were involved. So there were lots of great um, other characters and hooked with their, you know, conflict and how they were going to resolve it. It was a great book. I've read it so many times. And so, yeah, thank you so much for the podcast. And that's the book that blooded me, Suzanne Carey, Kiss and Tell. Thank you.